Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite, two great companies. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. In 2023, to celebrate five years at This Week Health, we are working to give back and we are partnering with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long. We have a goal to raise $50,000 from our community. We are already at $10,000 for the year and we ask you to join us. We have a drive going this month in February. It's a very simple drive and you are participating just by listening to the show. We average about 20,000 downloads a month of our show. And for the month of February, what we are going to do is we are going to give $1 for every download over 20,000 that we get in the month of February to Alex's Lemonade Stand. So just by listening to this show, you are participating in raising money for childhood cancer. Another way you can participate is to share this show with a peer. Let them know that you get value out of listening to not only this show, but Town Hall and the conference show as well. And when they subscribe and download the show, they will be a part of helping to raise money to fight childhood cancer. That's what we're doing for the month of February. If you want to skip all that, you can just go to our website. There's a link at the top of the webpage. You'll see Alex's Lemonade Stand logo up there. Just go ahead and click on it. You can give your own donation right there on that webpage. Leave us a note. We would love to thank you for being a part of it. All right, so yesterday we did another webinar. We did our leadership series. CIO AMC priorities, Academic Medical Center priorities for 2023. <clears throat> and we had three great guests, Neil Patel, Dr. Neil Patel, Vanderbilt University Medical Center, Craig Kwiatkowski, Cedar sinai CIO, and Michael Restuccia, Penn Medicine CIO. We had a great discussion about priorities for 2023. What's, uh, we started with the macro trends that are facing healthcare. And, uh, you know, obviously financial pressure is one of the biggest, and it doesn't matter if you're an IDN, it doesn't matter if you're a critical access hospital, it really doesn't matter at this point, the financial pressure is real. We talked about that, we talked about where, where it is coming from, and it's coming from a lot of different places. Here is Michael Restuccia, Penn Medicine, laying out some of the factors impacting the financial performance of academic medical centers. I think within the healthcare industry, we're all familiar with more than half of our colleagues throughout the country are gonna run at a deficit in the upcoming year. And those pressures, financial pressures are driven by, as we all know, many things, right? The COVID, cost of care escalating rapidly, revenues from payers not escalating at the same rate, turnover within particularly the clinical ranks, patients afraid to come back 
to the hospitals, surgeries, you know, generally on a downtrend. So, you know, what's driving everything is the financial pressure, pressure and the immediacy of that financial pressure. It wasn't like there was six years to plan for this. People walked, you know, walked out in droves in a short period of time. Rates increased significantly and the reimbursements in revenues to us will not come back as rapidly. So a lot of pressure on cost containment, expense management, and trying to do more with less. So more with less is a recurring theme of this webinar yesterday. And so we start talking about how we're going to do more with less, how technology is going to play a role in doing more with less. And I threw out this whole idea of automation. And here's a great answer on how these academic medical centers are approaching it. This is Dr. Neil Patel with Vanderbilt University Medical Center. What we're having is, you know, technology will fix everything, right? And that's what the, <laughs> that's what in sends as the 10 new requests every morning to your local IT shop. But seriously, there's two aspects to that. Number one, can we automate mundane or redundant tasks so we don't need the human in that space anymore or any longer so that the staff we have can do as much as possible and do the work that they have to do that technology can't cover. The other part is when we have these shortages, the burnout rate of the existing people increases because they're working short-staffed all the time and under pressure. So how can we leverage technology to help support and reduce the anxiety of folks that are probably very not as experienced, don't have the safety net, of folks around them to help them do their job well. You know, and you're right, it's all the way up and down the line. Lab tech shortages, respiratory tech shortages, CT scan tech shortages, surgical tech shortages in the ORs. Any one of those individuals is part of the care team. And if that link in the chain is not as robust, the whole system becomes slow and frustrating. So we're being looked upon, obviously we can't, fix skill issues that you need a human at the bedside for, but what are the technologies we can deploy, change the model of care? That's something that has been the mantra since the end of the last year, where we're re-looking really at how to deploy virtual support, not for care at home, but just even within the hospital, uh, so that the bedside providers get some support instead of just running around chasing things down. I then asked if we are looking for tools, additional tools, new tools that we can put into the environment that can automate things and bring things to the forefront. And I think Craig Kwiatkowski really captured the essence of how these CIOs are approaching this challenge. Yeah, I guess I'd say it's more the latter for us, Bill. It's maximizing use of existing tools and commitment to simplifying and optimizing. Optimizing scheduling, scheduling as we talked about is critical. Using contemporary tools that you know, are in other areas of the world outside of healthcare. Auditing and standardizing to single platforms where possible rather than adding net new bolt-ons and you know, new capabilities which complicate our lives and in some cases have a carry forward of technical debt as Neil described earlier. Yeah, I don't think, you know, net new tools and more ways of doing things is the answer. I think simplifying the world for our writers, our staff, and our patients is really the way to achieve some of those. So one of the questions from the audience was about customer experience or patient experience. 
and what the role of the CIO was with regard to patient experience and how they were approaching it. And here is Michael Restuccia, Penn Medicine, talking about the experience they're trying to create in Philadelphia. We're branching out. So, you know, I think our platform has a lot of functionality and we all use terms like low friction and, you know, engagement with our patients, but leveraging some of the tools, whether it's a, you know, a texting solution to, to augment our scheduling system is, is one example. I think a, a broader example is, you know, and, and you mentioned the, the Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Nashville, they're, you know, urban centers, they're hard to get to. And three of our major hospitals are downtown and it's frustrating. And so that experience already has two strikes against it because they had to sit in traffic, they had to find parking, they had to find their way to one of our buildings. And, you know, now how do we make it better from there? So you're always trying to reclaim that in-person experience. So more tele type of experience adds to the, uh, the benefit and, and pushing more to the home is certainly a big initiative for us because that'll do two things. One is it's generally where people want to be served from a care perspective if they can. Secondly, it'll reduce the census population that we're all dealing with and provide the opportunity to get truly those sicker patients into the hospital. So to reduce that stress level. All. I love that answer. I really appreciate the three gentlemen who filled in, actually, we had uh, we had a couple other academic medical center CIOs who had to drop out at the last minute, and th these three gentlemen jumped in, and I really appreciate them doing that. Th this uh, webinar series has been really well received. We've had over 200 registrations at each of the first two webinars that we are doing, and we're going to continue to do them. And, you know, and we're doing them a little different than we've done them before, than we've done them in the past. These are not vendor-driven webinars. They are really industry-driven webinars. We have a CIO advisory board, and I've asked them, what topics would you like to discuss and would, would benefit your staff if we had these discussions? And that's where the topics are coming from. Our next leadership series is on March 9th at 1 o'clock Eastern time, and that's going to be on the changing nature of work. I have not identified the three leaders that are going to join me on that, although I know a lot of leaders have really strong thoughts and opinions on this. We're going to be talking about remote work, hybrid work, on-site, all that, uh, that combination of things. We're also going to be talking about shortages and how technology and the IT team is being asked to address those shortages. So mark your calendar, March 9th, 2023, 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can sign up on our website, top right-hand corner. When you go in there, one of the things I love is that we've included this, this just single line, what question do you have about this topic? So we're able to incorporate your questions into the webinar right there. Instead of waiting for the chat questions to generate, we started this webinar with 60 questions for the CIOs and I send them over to them ahead of time so they get a chance to think about how they're gonna answer those questions. And it creates a webinar that I feel like is really well designed so that your questions are being talked about. They have some time to prep for it. It's not just being thrown at them at the last minute and they have to 
uh, respond to them. So I hope you like this series. We are going to continue to do it. Uh, these are not on demand. You have to attend live and in person. And I keep getting requests for putting them on demand. And I don't think we're going to do that. So sorry about that. But we want you to be there and to be a part of the conversation. March 9th, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Mark your calendar. Look forward to the next discussion. That's all for today. If you know of someone that might benefit from our channel, you could do us a great favor and shoot them a note. Let them know that you are listening to the show and that they can subscribe wherever they listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher. You get the picture. We're everywhere. And if you can't find us there, go ahead to our website, thisweekhealth.com. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.